Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover, all for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 5,000 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 5,000. Enjoy. There are problems at a university. And maybe there'll be far less problems with uh, the recent news that has come out. The president of the University of Missouri system resigned today with the football team and others on campus in open revolt over his handling of racial tensions at the school. Now, early this morning when I was looking through topics and subject matter uh, for this show, even for some of the TV shows that I do, and to pitch people, when, when kids were calling for his resignation, I knew that, you know, some conservatives especially would be like, well, we shouldn't roll over for, you know, these people, African-Americans. There's not a racial problem. But there is a racial problem. I think some people are of the mindset that because we have a black president, we don't need affirmative action. Because we have a black president, that racism is dead in America. And I think when we see what happened, whether with Eric Garner in Ferguson or at the University of Missouri, and some of the disgusting things that are being said in this country about people of color, specifically African Americans, it is clear that racism, unfortunately, my friend, is alive and well in this nation in 2015. No, we may not have people being lynched and hung by ropes and crosses burned in front of their homes. We may not prevent them from sitting at a lunch counter or drinking from a fountain or voting. And yes, we elected a black man, a biracial man, to the White House, to the presidency. But we have a problem. You know, many, many years ago, a professor of mine said that his prediction would be the downfall of America. It wouldn't be about economy, and it wouldn't even be about terrorism for a lot of people that are so worried about, you know, got to fight them over there before they come over here. But it's an enemy within our own borders, and that is the division, and specifically the division along lines of color, along lines of race. And this professor of mine predicted that a race war would take this country down. Perhaps he wasn't so far off the mark. President Tim Wolf, a former business executive who had no previous experience in academic leadership, did take responsibility for the frustration students expressed. He said their complaints were clear and real. Let's hear the resignation from the president at the University of Missouri, who originally refused, despite the protest, the request, and the calls continuously for his resignation. This is his final decision to resign. Tim Wolf to resign his position as president of that university and uh, discussed his change of mind. Here, here, take a listen. It is my belief we stopped listening to each other. We didn't respond. 
or react. We got frustrated with each other and we forced individuals like Jonathan Butler to take immediate action or unusual steps to effect change. This is not, I repeat, not the way change should come about. Change comes from listening, learning, caring, and conversation. And we have to respect each other enough to stop yelling at each other and start listening and quit intimidating each other through either our role or whatever means that we decide to use. Unfortunately, this has not happened. And that is why I stand before you today and I take full responsibility for this frustration and I take full responsibility for the inaction that has occurred. I'd ask everybody, from students to faculty, staff, to my friends, everybody, use my resignation to heal and start talking again, to make the changes necessary, and let's focus on changing what we can change today and in the future, not what we can't change, which is what happened in the past. I truly love everybody here in the great institution, and my decision to resign comes out of love, not hate. When we listen to that, we're going to take your calls in just a bit. But one of the problems that I had with this is that if things had been handled by this man, which he should have, as president of a university, there would be no call for his resignation and no need for him to make such a decision to resign and to speak of change. And I'm glad he accepted full responsibility. The complaints came to a head when at least 30 black football players announced they weren't going to play until he was gone. One student even did not eat for a week when on a week-long hunger strike. Now, you heard him talk about not the way change comes about. Well, I disagree. Sometimes this is the way change comes about with a change in leadership. Okay, and and when he talks about this is not a way change comes about, well, it obviously is. I mean, when he's alluding to recent protests, okay, and and even though he was apologetic and talked about stopped listening to each other, the protests were effective because you just heard him resign. He urged the students, the faculty, the staff to use his resignation to heal. And perhaps they will now that he's gone and somebody in his place will do what people felt was necessary. You cannot, in the United States of America, a melting pot, at any state university, have any level of tolerance, any. There's got to be a zero-tolerance policy for discrimination, hatred, racism, and bigotry toward anyone, at any level, by any means, at all times, in my opinion. This is the United States of America. And hatred toward somebody based on their religion, their gender, their skin color, their disability their ethnicity, what they wear, how they look, how they walk, what their IQ level is. I mean, the list goes on, or their politics. There, there is no place for that at an educational facility, a place where we're supposed to learn, where young people come together and, 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 and mesh 
socially with the differences. And that's where true change comes ha- can happen because that's where you have somebody who never met a gay person before meet a gay person or a Muslim, a Jew, a real progressive female. I learned about different cultures, different religions, different races from sitting alongside them in class and going to parties with them and making friendships and relationships and then eventually working alongside them and now in Southern California living alongside them and having them as friends and co-workers. That's the society we're a part of. What happened at this university is not political, as some would say, and some are tweeting on my Twitter page. You can follow me there at Leslie Marshall. For months, black students and, and black student groups have complained. There were racial slurs and other slights at this university, which is overwhelmingly white, okay? It is part of a four-college system in that state. And there was a homecoming parade on October 10th last month. Black protesters blocked the president's car. He did not get out. He did not talk to them. They were removed by police. Now, I understand their frustration, but if he wasn't going to meet with them, and they should have scheduled a meeting, he should have met with them. And And they could say, look, you know, Mr. President... We feel that our rights are being violated. There's a racial problem here, and we're not going to take it anymore. So black members of the football team joined the outcry Saturday night this weekend. And by yesterday, a campus sit-in had grown in size. Graduate groups planned walkouts. Even politicians began to weigh in. But until today, he did not indicate, Mr. Wolf, President Wolf, that he had any intention of stepping down. As a matter of fact, he said the opposite. But he agreed in a statement issued yesterday that change is needed. And he said the university was working to drop a plan by April to promote diversity and tolerance. By April in 2015 in this America? Seriously. Seriously. We're not Saudi Arabia with a woman sitting in the back seat with no license, unable to work, drive or vote. This is the United States of America. We have problems with tolerance and we need to address this, my friend. Students and educators in Columbia hugged and chanted after he made the announcement. The head football coach, Gary Pinkle, expressed solidarity with his players on Twitter. He posted a picture of the team and coaches locking arms, and he said, the Mizzou family, University of Missouri, stands as one. We are united. We are behind our players. Good for him. Now, a statement issued um, by the athletic director, um, Mac Rhodes, linked the return of the protesting football players to the end of the hunger strike by a black student who began that effort on November 2nd who vowed to not eat until Wolf is gone. Now the student will be eating, of course. Um, And they were very, very focused, by the way. One of the reasons they wanted to put an end to this was the health of that student. His name is Jonathan Butler. They were very concerned. Um, And and, and the, the student athletes were concerned that this kid would actually die from not eating, believe it or not. So the protests began after student government president Peyton Head, who is black, said two months ago in September that people in a passing pickup truck, shouted racial, racial slurs at him. This is how it started, okay? This is the student government president. And he posted on Facebook, quote, I really just want to know why my simple existence is such a threat to society. For those of you who wonder why I'm always talking about the importance of inclusion and respect, it's because I've experienced moments like this multiple times at this university making me not feel included here. And he also relates stories from friends. A Muslim woman who was called a terrorist, Another woman who had been harassed on campus because her outfits were, quote, asking for it. So, folks, this is not just black and white. This is about religion. This is about gender. Also, for a Jew, 
a swastika drawn in feces recently found in a dormitory bathroom. This is not one black guy having a racial slur hurled who happened to be African-American and class president. This is not just one woman who was Muslim and called a terrorist because of her religion. This is not just another woman having sexist remarks said and hurled at her because of how she dresses or somebody who is anti-Semitic using feces to make a swastika sticker and a terrible statement toward anybody Jewish in that university. In early October, members of a black student organization said the slurs were hurled at them by an apparently drunken white student. And many of the protests that have been led by an organization called Concerned Student 1950, it gets its name from the year the university accepted its first black student, and its members besieged the president's car, like I said, at that parade. They'd been conducting sit-ins on campus since last Monday. Two trucks flying Confederate flags drove past the site yesterday, a move many saw as an attempt at intimidation. At least 100, so imagine, 150 students at the plaza Sunday night praying Singing and reading Bible verses, okay? And some planning to to camp there overnight, even though the temperatures dropped to the upper 30s, almost snow and freezing temps, and two trucks flying Confederate flags drove past, okay? This is not the deep red south, folks. Also joining in the protest effort were two grad students that called for walkouts today and tomorrow, the student government, the Columbia campus, the Missouri Students Association, and then the association said in a letter yesterday to the system's governing body, there had been an increase in tension and inequality with no systemic support. You can't have women, people of color, or a certain religion denounced verbally or otherwise. Slurs against these people, threats veiled in feces shaped like a swastika, and do nothing. About it, You just can't. Not in today's America and not on today's multicultural, diverse campuses. So I want your opinion here. One, what is your reaction to this story out of Missouri? How can these things go on in 2015? 8886 leslie 888-653-7543 is the number. I want you to be honest. How would you react if you witnessed some of these racist incidents on campus? How would you react? Right? But for the grace of God go I, some would say. And then there was, and then they came for me, right? How would you react? 8886 Leslie, 8886537543. We have a black president, my friend, but has America gone backwards on race relations? And if so, why do you think this is? 8886 Leslie, 8886537543 is the number. Do you think that since we did finally elect our first black president, didn't you think many of these issues would be behind us? Not in front of us. 888-6LESLIE, 888-653-7543 is the number. Now, our current political climate has become very divisive. Do you think that the division politically in our nation contributes to poor race relations and divisions along lines of color, ethnicity, religion, and race? Hell, some of the people running Donald Trump have been extremely racist toward uh, Latinos and Muslims. Ben Carson said a Muslim, he he would never have a Muslim, you know, in his cabinet. And nor should one be elected to president. And this country is founded on religious freedom. 888-6LESLIE, 888-653-7543. And was it the right move for Tim Wolf, the former president now of Missouri University, to resign? What effect will this have on race relations at the University of Missouri? 888-6LESLIE, 888-653-7543. And lastly, protest, hunger strikes, and peaceful, nonviolent 
praying and demonstrations led to this decision by this man. Does this show that our First Amendment is big and strong and still alive and successful when used properly in America today on or off campus? 8886 Leslie, 8886537543. Quick break, back to you and your calls right after this. 8886 Leslie, follow me on Twitter at Leslie Marshall. I'll incorporate your tweets. We'll be right back. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of truth. The Leslie Marshall Show. Give her a call now at 8886-LESLIE. Mother, mother, there's too many of you to cry. Brother, there's far too many of you die. You know we talk about the University of Missouri president stepping down with racial tensions at an all-time high there. Getting your take on this situation is stepping down. And the types of activities that have taken place at that university in this year, 2015. Let's start it out in Poughkeepsie, New York, online too. Tony listening on Progressive Voices. Good afternoon, Tony, and welcome. What's your take on this? Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you for having me on. I, I always enjoy your show. Um, but but I, I have a couple takes on this. I mean, kudos to the students for yeah. understanding how the university actually works. Like, let's get this straight. This is actually an economic issue, right? Like, they know that because the, the football, uh, you know, uh, the economy surrounding football is big for uh, not only just the university but the surrounding areas, they knew that once they galvanized the, the mostly black uh, athletes that bring in this money, uh, that something was going to have to be done. So kudos to them on that. Okay, hold um, on, sweetie. i, I got to take a break. Can you hang with me? Sure thing. Sure I'll thing. be right back, and I appreciate the compliment. Glad you listened and glad you're calling today. We'll take a quick break. Back to all of you calling on hold. Go, go away. A lot to talk about here. Leslie Marshall. Real people. Real life. Real talk. Give her a call now at 888-6-LESLIE. Marshall, welcome, welcome back. Talking about the president of the University of Missouri stepping down. Uh, racial unrest uh, there, and and not not just racial. I mean, there's a sexist, uh, anti-Semitic, Islamophobic. I mean, the list goes on. We were talking with Tony and Poughkeepsie online too before the break. Tony, thank you for holding. Welcome back. Very good point you made before the break regarding the football players, because you know when it affects the money and how many people are buying tickets and what attracts uh, sometimes people to go to a certain university you get the attention and you know certainly these football players did the right thing unfortunately one person starving himself to death didn't but you're right money money talks right and and you know that's a it's a it's a big point you know and i think had it not been the apparatus in place you may have had a situation where there are prolonged protests and uh you know and i I think i think there's a there's a couple other things too I, i think you know sometimes there's a tendency of people whether they, whether it's inspired by guilt or whether it's a, a failure to really, you know, put yourself in someone else's shoes. 
that they just see it as rabble rousing and how come they just can't, you know, get along and how come it has to be this? And, you know, God forbid there's not a football game, right? Like, you know, there's some people who put these things before um, the, the lives, the well-being of, yeah. of, of people. And I think that's, that's a real tragedy. Uh, and and, uh, and I, kudos to those students for, for not buckling. And, and uh, when it comes to President Obama, I think what it really did was shine a black light on people who already had these sentiments about, you know, people of color. Uh, about the transgendered, about, you know, uh, different religions. Uh, uh, you know, they already had these biases. So when you start to see the, the you know, people gaining more access and it culminating in... So are you, say, are, you saying, are you saying then that after since his election, people that were silently racist are more verbal and open about oh, who they really oh, are? Oh, of course. Okay. Of course. Because now... Now there's this sort of galvanizing mechanism where, you know, you see people blaming President Obama for things that really they have nothing to do with him. But now you have a figurehead to sort of point your finger at. And, and I, what I always say to people who have these beliefs, because I actually, you know, I live in an area that's, that's pretty conservative. Um, you know, it's funny because you think it's New York and it's not that conservative. You drive any direction uh, beyond the big cities and it actually becomes pretty conservative. Uh, what I say to people is that, you know, take me back to this magical time when, you know, we had so much racial harmony and no misogyny and, and you know, and everything was all good. Take me back to that time because I, I don't seem to remember that. You know, and I think and I think there's this, this, uh, this myth that uh, President Obama has actually exacerbated the problem. I don't see that. I think, if anything, it's given people, uh, um, you know, the incentive to, to, to say that now we have these biases and, and they need to be addressed and they are important. And it does matter, right? And, and I, you know, and I think there used to be a time where they had an old boys network, especially in the South, where you could be openly misogynist and openly racist or even tacitly racist, where your silence was acceptance of that. And now they're, you know, because of the media, uh, because of the, uh, the ability to, to speak out about these things, and thank God for the technology that we have now, um, that we can put this out there in the forefront. You know, where events like Selma, the reason why that was important is because it was televised, right? People had an up-close view of these things. Now we get to see the Tamir Rices. We get to see the Eric Gardner's. We get to see these things yep, now. Yep, and, I, and I think that changes perceptions, and, that, uh, and hopefully that leads to change, you know? I uh, No, I agree. Very well said. Tony, give us a call. Don't be a stranger. Very well said. Good call. Oh, Appreciate for sure. It. For sure. Thank you for what you do as well. Oh, Tony, you're sweet. More than this. We can't do it without, without all of you. Let's go right here in California where I am, Line 3, with Dirk listening on iHeartRadio. Hey, Dirk, good afternoon. Yes, I'll give a plug, too, to the station. It's KPTR, Progressive Talk Radio, Palm Springs. Awesome. Um, I torture myself and listen to right-wing hate radio here and there. And and today it was just on rush. He he made a statement that what's the swastika have to do with racism? Huh? It, what? Uh, yeah, about <laughs> about the about the uh, uh, Missouri thing. And I just uh, I I'm spe- I was speechless. And then when I when you we started talking about this, I just had to pass that on. You you should get a. a I'll listen to what he was saying, and it was it was just outrageous. No, uh, no, no, very, very, very true. Okay, any anything else, Dirk? 
Uh, that's about it. All right. Thank you. And th- uh, thank you to our great affiliate there in Palm Springs that enabled you through iHeartRadio to listen to us. Thanks, Dirk and Callie. Uh, let's go to Aaron in Denver, Colorado, listening on TuneIn on Line 5. Aaron, good afternoon. Uh, hi, uh, Leslie. How you doing? Good. How you doing, Aaron? Pretty good. Um, uh, well, the way I feel about it, I come, like, with Tony. I got the same, pretty much the same perspective as he does because I'm a biracial. You know, I'm half Puerto Rican, half black. But when people see me, they think I'm black because I look black. And <laughs> I have the same viewpoint as he has about, uh, uh, you know, racism existing prior to Obama being elected president. I think the way I see it is, uh, you know, racism was always there and it was just sitting under the surface. It looked like a volcano and it just erupted when President Obama became president because it just like, no, I, I think a lot of people really didn't believe that he would become president, and when he did, it just boiled over to the surface. And people that were kind of so, sort of racist, you know, below the surface, it just all came boiling out in hate. And and so, you know, I don't know. And, and then I hear these people like Rush Limbaugh talking about situations that they can never put themselves in. Like, like for me, I could never understand. I could never put my perspective, you know, as a white person, how a white person feels when, when he sees you know, a police car behind him, and the lights are shining for him to pull over. I know myself, the first thing I, even though I have a valid driver's license and insurance, the first thing that pops in my body is fear, you know. So you can't you can't walk a mile in someone's shoes if you've never walked a mile in someone's shoes. And so for people like Rush Limbaugh and Sean Hannity to, to comment on any of this stuff, it's irrelevant to me, you know, all their comments are. Well, no, I mean, I'm serious. I'm a white girl, but I'm a woman, okay? And I'm half Jewish, and I married a man who grew up in a Muslim family. Um, So I have a different perspective than those, you know, Christian white guys. But you're absolutely right. I I mean, you know, for for Rush to talk about how the swastika isn't offensive, absolutely incredible. I I mean, that that, that symbol is offensive to non-Jews, but especially uh, to Jews who, you know, you talk about fear, they see something like that, and, and, and they're fearful, especially if their, you know, kid is living away from home and has gone off to school. Um, ab- yeah. Absolutely uh, correct, 100%. I agree with you there. Uh, thank you for the call. Uh, let's continue, and we go to Joe in South Carolina on line two. Uh, Joe, thank you for joining us. I know you follow us on Twitter. Um, it, it, you agree with me. This president, Tim Wolf, should have done more, uh, you know, with regard to not just race relations, but to the lack of tolerance there was the amount of prejudice and bigotry at, at the university and he wouldn't have had to resign from his job today yes i do agree with that i think that he could do more but i but i also think that rather than resigning i think that uh that it was it, it was late for him but he still should have engaged in the conversation and and you know the protesters instead of demanding his resignation they should have demanded uh involvement in the conversation i mean it it is terrible the way that some people are treated because of of the color of their skin or or you know their their lack of responding quick enough to somebody's um, perceived injury or or anything but if you don't engage them in the conversation and demand that they talk to you rather than go away now you've got a school without a leader uh and so how are they going to fix anything now you know i mean i think they they made the well, problem maybe you worse. get a new leader with somebody who has academic and educational experience this guy didn't he had business experience 
that what's that got to do with the question of the of the race relations? Well, I think that somebody who maybe has dealt with this, you know, at a at a university elsewhere in the United States, who might be at that university and you know looking for a change and looking for um, the opportunity. Uh, to in, improve um, tolerance in that relation, in, 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 in regard to that at this university as maybe they have at another university. Just because we don't read it on the front page doesn't mean it hasn't happened, uh, you know, in the nation. I'm sure that there is a lack of tolerance in some of the other nation's campuses. And, and you know, we don't necessarily see everybody resigning because perhaps they were able to change that dynamic at their own university. And that's the type of person that could be used most definitely to fill this position. But, yeah, I don't. I don't necessarily disagree with that. I just think that that you know, if if I have a problem with somebody's leadership, I want to talk to them, and and I would rather force that leader to sit down with me and talk to me about the problem, and let's try to see if we can do something to fix it, rather than you know we we've gotten to the point where every time some small group, and I'm not trying to to uh, to minimize the the relationship that that um, that African Americans have on, in a in an environment where they're a minority, especially. Uh, yeah, but this was life. this wasn't just African Americans. I mean, even though that may help with the headline, women have complained about sexism. You know, a Muslim complained. There was a swastiker found in a dormitory uh, made in the shape of a swastiker using feces right. as the material to form that swastiker. So, you know, we're, we're, we're seeing, you know, uh, rel- you know, people of uh, minority religions, uh, women who are of the majority, quite frankly, gender in this uh, country and the world. But, you know, we're sure. seeing sexism, Islamophobia. Uh, anti-Semitism, along with racism, uh, you know, on this one campus in 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 a a fairly short period of time, because, you know, people just started coming out of the woodwork once, you know, somebody wrote about this and said, hey, this this is what happened to me. And other people said, wait a minute, I had a similar experience, only it was based on what I'm wearing, my gender, my religion, et cetera. Right. And so what that and that brings me back to my point is that. You, you've got people that were um, that were demeaned or, or injured in some way or, or not treated properly, and they and they either didn't say anything or didn't push it far enough to get in front of the president. You know, I, I went to college too, and and I had times that I disagreed with the president. It doesn't make any difference what you're disagreeing with the leadership about. The, the question is, if you think that you have been wrong, you're we're never going to fix the problem if everything, if our response is always to throw the guy out. You know, I mean, it's no, no, like I the, understand, but I think he had ample opportunity. I, I mean, he had, you, you don't. But this didn't, this didn't just happen. Maybe this was happening when he stepped in. But the fact that there were students who wanted to meet with him, the fact that this was brought to his attention and not for the first time with the sit-in or at that parade, um, that people have written about this, there have been complaints made. I, I, I agree with you throwing the, you know, you don't just throw the guy out all the time. But in this situation, I feel it's warranted because he did nothing to change or improve the uh, lack of tolerance or the growing intolerance um, at that university. Joe, thank you for the call. We're going to take a break, and we'll be back right after this. If you're holding, hang on. You want to join us. When we finish with a call, you're cue to call through a line available at 888-6LESLIE, 888-653-7543. You can also uh, follow me on Twitter. 
And uh, a lot of people on Twitter, at Leslie Marshall, to follow me there, are posting, oh, this happens to black kids all the time at different universities, blah, blah, blah. This is not just about black and white. This is not even just about race. You know, this is about sexism. This is about people saying things negative, you know, or, you know, leaving images negatively toward, uh, you know, Jews. Um, uh, so uh, Richard said, uh, I prayed he wouldn't be assassinated when he was talking about the uh, president. Richard is the one that tweeted black students schools all over America deal with these issues. That doesn't, doesn't make it right. We should be able to send our children to school knowing they'll be safe. And you might say, well, words, well, words can develop into actions. Um, you know, uh, Randy uh, talks about the voting for the president. Whites voted about same minorities heavily supported. Obama election was racist. Media was racist. Dems were racist. No, dear. No, maybe you're racist because a black guy won. Uh, Doug says uh, there are many who create Im- imaginary racism to fuel the agenda. This is not just about racism. <laughs> this is a woman who was a Muslim called a terrorist. This is a swastika that was photographed in the form of uh, a swastika from feces in a dorm. Women talking about nasty sexist remarks being made with regard to how they're dressed. Uh, Tim says, uh, tweets, races like climate change, so many cries of wolf that most now instinctively react with a shrug and or with our eyes. I don't think these are not uh, accurate claims. Chris says, as a POC, you got your whole life to fight bigots and be surrounded by... Um, I chose a one-time four-year four-year oasis schools with larger POC pop. What's POC? Population of color? Is I that, think so, yeah. Is that what POC is? I think so. Uh, Robert says he caved to the fascists, but he will live nice irrespective of that. They're not fascists! It's fascism to turn your head or to fan the flames of intolerance. Does anybody know? You know, Hitler was a fascist, my friend. That should put it in perspective. So do you think Hitler would be applauding the feces-shaped swastika in the dorm? Or saying, oh, that's a bad thing. Think about it. I'm Leslie Marshall. Quick break. We'll be back right after this. Leslie Marshall, when the truth matters. Give her a call now at 888-6-LESLIE. I'm Leslie Marshall. Welcome, welcome back. Talking about the um, resignation of the president, University of Minnesota. Uh, let's go to uh, my, Missouri, excuse me, Missouri, wrong state, Missouri. Uh, Michael in the Bronx, line one. Michael, good afternoon. Hi, Leslie. So glad you got to me. You know, um, I hope people don't think that with this guy's resignation, you know, there are still a lot of legalities in this whole um, situation here. And to going back to what you said about this being an institution of learning, it's just like what Joe Clark, a former principal of Eastside High School, said, if you can't control it, how can you teach? And furthermore, you know, we're not talking about high school students here. Everybody in there is at least 18 years old if this is a university, if I'm not mistaken. They're supposed to be acting like adults. And usually after graduating from college, unless they're furthering education, 
their education, getting a master's or a doctorate, it's on to the workforce. So one of the key things that should be taught in the university is how to respect one another and, and engage in a professional manner because what's been going on here is a hostile environment, hostile work environment, hostile learning environment, which is to be zero tolerance. And that's what a lot of people are missing here. And I'm surprised no one has learned from the incident that, that took place here in New York City when that young um, university student, a college student, I'm sorry, I forgot his name, but he committed suicide by jumping off the George Washington Bridge because he was harassed, terrorized, ridiculed, just about the same stuff as what was going on in the University of Missouri because he was gay. There's no tolerance of that behavior whatsoever. And anybody that finds excuses to say, oh, the blacks go through this all the time, why are you making a big deal out of it? That tells me you're for it, and you don't give a rat's rump about how other people feel. But you know full well you wouldn't tolerate it if it was done to you. You know, but, and by the way, there's still legalities going on with that George Washington Bridge um, suicide situation with so many people terrorizing that poor student, there are criminal elements involved here. So I wouldn't be surprised, Leslie, if there's some kind of criminal investigation going on, and God forbid if somebody turns around and commits suicide or there's violence erupting because, once again, school leaders persist on laying this sweep under the rug and saying, um, case around, around, and what have you. No, you cannot have that. They're supposed to know better. All right. Thank you, uh, Michael. Appreciate your call. Uh, let's go next to Joe in Virginia, line two. Joe, good afternoon. Hey, how you doing? Good. Hey, Leslie. I, I appreciate the diversity of comments I'm hearing on your show. That's pretty excellent. Good. Um, second, that was some interesting ramble on from Zeppelin there. I've never heard that rendition before. Oh, that's not Zeppelin. That's Wolf Mother. But <laughs> oh, oh, during the break. Oh, yeah, during the break. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah the sorry. Music there. Um, uh, my comment. Um, I, I'm just an average white white Joe growing up in in Central Virginia, and I've seen racial issues going on all around me. Um, we've had it erupt in various places, and I'm agreeing uh, quite a bit with that last caller teaching how to debate. On, on a intellectual level, or, or even if you're not an intellectual, on a on a a level where you don't then raise your voice and yell at the person or get angry, I think is an art that's being lost. And and the um, I, I, again, I, I thank God I grew up in a school system that that did teach some of those things, and we were taught how to how to work with each other. Rather you know, you know what? Yeah, I am out of time. You raise a very good point. You know, we're taught we're not born racist. We're taught bigotry, racism, hatred. So we can be taught to unlearn or relearn, right? 